Welcome to Keep Showing Up, the podcast about engaging in life and good ways to think in order to create the life of your own design. In today's episode, we share our thoughts on who makes up the rules in life. Have you ever wondered who gets to decide how things should be or that maybe the way you see things is a good way to do things? We spend the first 10 minutes just figuring out what gets made up, and then we get some great insights from the group a little later. We'd love to hear from you on this one. I think there are a lot of layers to this, and it is one of my favorite topics. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to Episode 6 of Keep Showing Up. Episode 6, it's all made up. Today, we're going to explore what is our reality, how did that come to be, and what's your role and making that happen. I'm Greg Gabus, and with me I have Valerie Leish and my brother uh, Edward Gabus and a good friend and co-worker Justice Winslet. Thanks guys and we're going to dig in uh, again if you're our first time listeners these are some these are three smart cats that have really been around that I trust and respect and help me figure some stuff out. I think they've got a lot to offer and it's going to be totally cool. So today we're going to talk about the idea of it's all made up. What the heck does that mean? Do you ever wonder who made the rules? Do you ever under, wonder why we do the things the way we do them? Where did the laws come from? Who decided? Somebody decided. I mean, they weren't just natural things. They were invented. Somebody decided. Somebody decided that when we greet each other in the West, we're going to shake hands. Somebody decided when we greet each other in the East, there'll be a bow. Something like that. The short answer is somebody gets to make this up. Might as well be you. Guys, jump in here. Kind of give me your first take on what that means. So for me, the, the first thing that pops in my head is the infrastructure. So who made up these ideas of these roads and the things that we have in place? Uh, actually, yesterday I was on a hike in Savage Gulf State Natural Area here in Tennessee. And there was a historic part of the trail that used to be a wagon trail uh, connecting two cities over some pretty rugged terrain. And I, as I'm hiking along, I'm thinking... Who decided that the trail went through here? Although that's more of a you know tangible thing, I think that thought process applies to a lot of things in life. Who decided this? Who made this up? Uh, obviously, somebody thought it was a good idea to run the route through there. Who decided to put the hiking trails where they went? All these things are decisions based off something that someone has done. Kind of a surface thing. That's that's what pops in my head. You know, in in our everyday activities, you can question. Who did this? Why is this this way? It's like a great that. point. Who decides? Who decides? Yeah. And, and even on that one, I mean, even on that infrastructure, that tangible example is somebody had to get their wagon from one place to the other, and they figured out that this is the way they were going to do it. Could be the only way they knew. It could be the only way they knew. Were they the smartest person ever to walk the, the face of the earth? The first person to find that that connected them to another city. And yeah. so then yeah. it reminds me of the story or the joke about the people who cut their ham the ends off their hand, yep. generation after generation. Finally, you know, I guess it's the great granddaughter says, Mom, why do you always cut the ham, you know, the ends off the ham? She's, well, I just do it because my mom did it that way, blah, blah, blah. She goes back. Turns out that the great, great grandmother's cast iron skillet was too small to hold the full ham, so she cut off the ends. And then generation after generation, everybody thought that's just how you prepare a ham. That's just how you prepare a ham, right? And that's just the road. That's just the wagon track. And It just sits there. That's how we do it. Look around you. Look around you at the people. Everybody is smart as a whip, right? Of course they are. No. Yes. No. Well, that's a good point. We'll come back (laughs) to that. We have varying (laughs) levels of skills, knowledge, all that stuff. Yes. And just remember that. Just because somebody decided that that's the way, it doesn't mean it's the best way or the right way. 
It's just they've decided that way. And we'll come back to how that came right, to be. Right, exactly. Whoever picked the trail might not be the best person at logistics. It Could just be. might have been the leader of the of the town who yes. was actually really good at public speaking. Could be. Could be. We don't know for sure. Right. So, Ed, what do you think? It's all made up. <clears throat> so my topic is a little, might be a little more controversial. If you feel maybe this is a subject I shouldn't touch on. When I come to it, it's all made up. Based on my personal opinion and my experience, it about boils down to religion. Now, I will say I was brought up in Catholic schooling and going to church. I have my own personal beliefs on some things that people who are deeply religious may not agree with, but these are my opinions based on what I knew. Okay, so so you're saying the external authority in your experience has been religion? For a long time, yes, it was. What about you, Val? What about your idea of it's all made up? Well, my head's cut now. I'm, I'm sort of thinking about what Ed just said. I think a lot of people think of that when you say it's all made up. Before we started the podcast, um, I was sharing with everybody that I'm in the middle of an existential crisis. Like, what's the point of it anyway? It's all made up. What does it matter? But I know that's a feeling, not a fact. So, yeah, so I struggle with that because my my purpose is to serve God. I'm aware because I'm a logical thinking person and that things are made up and I've done tons of research on religion that when I break it all down, I I self-identify as a Christian. But when I break it all down, to me, what's not made up, whether it's based on scientific fact, psychological information that we know, what we've what I've learned, what people have learned over studying religions is that for people to be happy, healthy and whole. They have to believe in a power higher than themselves, and they have to serve others. Like that's that's like a cornerstone of almost every major religion. Mm-hmm. Yep. So for me, I I boil it down to the even if it is all made up, those two truths to me have to be truths. There has to be a power higher than me. I have to live in service of others because when people live in service to themselves. That doesn't create a happy, healthy, whole person and a person who doesn't believe in anything beyond who they are. They tend to wander and not have purpose. Yeah. Like even if even people who believe that humanity is the larger whole, you know what I'm saying? Like you have to believe in something bigger than yourself. It doesn't always have to be God. And then I, the rest of it, as far as the judgment part, I just turn that all over to God. That's I don't I don't have to figure that out. I just also know that. My religion says, judge not lest you be judged, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I can stop there. But I have questioned all of that stuff and, and went spent a large period of my life as an agnostic. Yeah, and, and Ed, before you, you respond, and I want you to respond. Yeah. Okay. So let's also, keep, let's also keep in mind, there's a body of knowledge. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that body of knowledge was made up, but some of that concepts were. It's like, what's a book? Who decided what that is? There's knowledge in books, and the knowledge of books is a thing. Paper, writing on paper, bound together in this finite form. Who decided we were going to do that? Somebody did, and it turned out right. And it was useful, and it stuck around. Because people want to share their story. Because people want to share their story. So from there are layers on this of there. there's knowledge. There's things that we can observe using the senses that we have. Mm -hmm. There are also things that... We don't observe directly with the senses that we have. We have things that 
prior to certain scientific instruments we didn't think existed because there was no knowledge, yet using a scientific instrument to find it, now we have a different understanding. What I'm offering is that there are things that appear to be real in the sense that there are particles, there are energy waveforms. Those seem to be something that interact independently of humanity. So I'm going to say that we're not making that up. I think that's a thing that exists, and I think knowledge is connected to that. How do we interact with that idea? And you're offering your point of view, and Ed's offering his point of view. Interesting, my take on this, and then Ed, uh, I want you to chime in. My take on this is the body of knowledge is there. The things that exist are there. Val looks at it one way. It comes to this belief system, this picture in her mind of the way things are. Ed evaluates practically the same thing. And he comes to this other picture in his mind. And it's interesting how it's different enough, but you still interact across this reality. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, Ed, kind of take your point. Yeah, and after listening to what Val said, I need to clarify my my statement a little more. I also deeply believe there is a power greater than myself out there somewhere. My... When I come to it, it's all made up. I'm not saying that no such power exists. That's not my belief at all. What I think is made up is mankind's views and what's put out there on what that power actually is. I agree with you 100% on that. So, yeah. I just want to clarify that, that I'm not saying that I'm an atheist or that I don't, that I don't think there's anything greater than myself or human beings. I, I totally believe there is some greater power at work that we do not understand. Two smart people are taking a look of what the real interaction happens and coming to similar conclusions, but with a finer belief structure around it. So, Justice, your turn to kind of connect your thought on this. So kind of what I was thinking is this it's all made up concept is so global because, A, if you're a believer in God or a higher power, then you probably believe that that power made this all up. I'm a believer, and you think it's all made up by humans. So either way, it's such a relevant topic to think about and to, to discuss because who made it up? Well, that can you can keep that you know in your everyday interactions. Who made these things up? You know, who made these trails up and this road and uh, you know rules things like that? And you can go much deeper. Obviously, this is a great example of how there are so many different levels, and really you can take it as, as deep as you want to go, but yeah, it's just it's interesting just to hear you know two different perspectives on it. You can you, either you you believe that somebody or some being some power made it all up. Of course, then humans have had their effect on it. Or you know, for someone that doesn't think there's a higher power, all of those beliefs are just made up. Again, it's such a complex idea. It's really interesting to hear uh, it discussed. Even in this format, you know, this is keep showing up. We show up in something. We show up in some kind of reality. So now what? Now what do we do? I like to go to the extremes to kind of get to the a point. So one extreme is I have zero agency and everything is created outside of me. So I am at the mercy of the world. The extreme other side is I am completely I have complete agency and I can create it all myself. My experience brings me to believe that most things we experience in life is a spectrum and that it is neither absolutes or the, the finer point. What that then kind of makes me think about is everybody lands on this spectrum somewhere on what, what do I believe, but also what works. 
it's kind of some of the things we talk about is with the idea this keeps showing up, it's also in a way to build the life that you wanted of your own design. How do you make things different? How do you make things change? If we start from the premise that we actually have agency and that we are part of making it up, that kind of changes the formula. Right. And what I think, too, is it's it's irrelevant from the spiritual belief side, even. Although, if you want to make it relevant, it's certainly relevant. It just depends on how strong your belief set is. Like, in other words, if anybody's listening and they don't believe that they have their own agency because they believe in 100% predestination and that there is no free will, or if they, then they, well, they're probably just turned off the radio or, or turned off, you know, clicked off the thing. But so I do think it's, it's very much connected because you have to be open enough to believe that you do have agency. Right. That's again. And like Justice said, it's so complex. And like Ed was coming from his response and your response, right? This is so complex because humans are complex. And that's, I think our conversations have just keep leading to this point. Well, who cares? So what, what difference does it make? Why are we even bothering? Why are we even bothering to stop to think about our feelings and the facts and understanding what the heck does that mean? Why would we even bother to do that? In the previous episode, we talked about if I'm just responding by feeling, my life isn't my own, and it just turns out to be whatever it turns out to be. That's a belief that some people have, and if that's the belief you have, I'm not trying to tell you that it's different, but I am offering a different point of view. I have my own direct experience and experience of others to show that I can decide to do something different. I have agency in my life and different things happen. Wow, if I can do that, other people can do that. What happens if I align with somebody else who's aligned with me and we do it together? I don't know if you all remember the song Alice's Restaurant. There's a section of the song where they go into the the draft office, uh, been inspected, detected, injected, and his plan, the, the song, Arlo Guthrie was to go in and say, all work together, we can change the way it's going. If we all said we're crazy, we're not going to go to war. That's kind of where the all made up and making it bigger and showing up is coming from is you can make your own life, but if you align yourself with other people similarly, you can make a difference. You could be the guy who makes the wagon track. Mm -hmm. You could be president of the United States because it's all made up. Somebody has to decide. Mm-hmm. Might as well be you. So give us some examples of how you made up your life. I absolutely made up my life. Growing up, my dad was in prison. My mom was working two jobs. We were on food stamps, taking care of myself. I was nine years old. I was an upper middle class kid because I decided that that's who I was. And I looked to my friends in my class who had a stay-at-home mom and a dad who worked and that's that's the reality I created created for myself. That was my vision. That's how I saw myself. It started even when I was little. I was like, well, I'm a princess. I don't understand, you know, my real parents, the king and queen of some faraway island somewhere. You know, surely they'll come find me one day. But yeah, so I kind of have always sort of created my own reality, so to speak, based yeah. on what I want. So because I knew somehow, even a Seven years of age, I knew that I didn't want a life that I was living then. Uh, and, I, and I knew that the only way I could make a different life was to picture myself. I, didn't, I don't think I know the, knew those words then, but to picture myself leading a different life. So I saw myself just like my friend Kelly. Yeah. That's and what I you had a stay at home mom. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you visualized it. Correct. And folks out there, pro tip what you think about 
you bring about. Professional race car drivers, one of the things that they're taught is if they're crashing, don't look at the wall, look where you want to go because you go where you look. You look at the wall, it's over. Val just offered a very personal point of view and we're familiar with the idea of culture perpetuating itself. And we know, we know this happens. Val could have just been another one of those people that just did what was expected and what she learned, yet she pictured something else. You didn't create a master plan. No. You just pictured something mm -hmm. else. When you felt a way about something, your subconscious mind generated activity towards the stronger picture, which was your middle-class lifestyle. Right. And where did you end up? Middle-class lifestyle. Middle-class lifestyle. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. That's a great point of view, especially long-term of you can, you can break the cycle. Buddy has to do it. Might as well be you. Right. And so just, and we can talk about this later, but just put a pin in the thought of what got me here won't get me there. Yes. And that's why I'm wanting to have these discussions with you guys who've gotten even further than I have, I think in a lot of ways, because I don't want to be stuck in the quote unquote middle-class lifestyle. I want to choose the life I want. Okay. It, I don't want it to be somebody else's picture of the middle-class lifestyle or even somebody's picture of the upper, you know what I'm saying? Like I want to create my own picture. I want to create my own life based on what I believe, not based on anything else. All right. And that can happen. And that's because you make it up. And that's why I'm here. Because I'm learning how to, I want to learn how to do that. Okay. I'll go to Justice now. Justice, so give me an example of what you've made up. So really building on, on what Val was just saying, um, I was a first generation college student. Um, nobody in my family, you know, had ever graduated, but it was always kind of something that was pushed on me and my brother as well. But there was no assistance in figuring those things out. We just kind of you know, left on our own. So I was the first one. To go to college and graduate and really it was kind of a, a fake it till you make it being able to picture that yes i was going to graduate college i was going to figure that out no matter what and visualizing that goal visualizing what that would mean in the long run really made a difference and it made all the difference not letting failure be my reality knowing that i was going to do this no matter what even though i might not have been equipped with the the tools uh, at first, that some other uh, people might have had. It was just kind of that adapting, being, being open to those different things, those opportunities, being open to that cognitive dissonance. These things that, these experiences that I'm going through that I have no idea how to handle. Just being okay with that, rolling with it, just persevering. Uh, and, and again, just knowing that this is where I'm going to get it to no matter what. Thanks for sharing that. So you did that. That's awesome. What did that teach you? It just taught me that it can be done. Greg, as you've mentioned in previous episodes, working at a small college, dealing with students on a daily basis, often they're first-generation college students, letting them know that it's been done before. Other people have done it. I've done it. That if you put in the work, you put in the time, you put in the effort, it can be done. You can make your own, your own reality, as I was saying. You can make those differences just because it has been away before in your family, doesn't mean it has to be that way for you. And even if you've been to college before, something didn't work out, doesn't mean it's not going to work out the next time. And that's anything in life. And I think it's really taught me that just because something has been away or something has happened in the past, circumstances change. Sometimes timing is everything. Absolutely. And Ed, something that you've made up in your life. Looking back on things, I think I kind of made up this rebel role that I've assumed 
over my life. When I look back on what it started from, I really had nothing to rebel against. I had We had parents that loved us and treated us well. We had teachers that cared about us. There were some that made mistakes, but I had no real reason to rebel at the time, but it's the persona I took on. Over time, it's just become part of who I am. I automatically question a lot of things, which we've discussed in in previous episodes. But I, I just kind of made up this persona from nothing. I just decided, it, hey, I guess that sounds like fun to me. <laughs> so I think I'm going right. to do that. I think you just kind of explained it. I mean, think about an adolescent. Think about that emotional state, that feelingness that adolescents go through. And when you have parents that love you and treat you well and teachers who care about you and a few of them might have made mistakes, I mean, you're kind of in this place where that's no fun. And that's a real thing. I mean, that's a real thing. So you act away, and guess what? You act away, and you don't die. So it's like, and it well. it becomes a pattern. Right. I was say, and looking back on it, I think it was a way I, as a person who enjoys performing, has an interest in theater and those types of arts, it was it was a way to bring attention to myself at the time. I, I think that yeah. it, it stems from that, directly stems from that. Hey, I want to show that... I can be funny or I can be witty or I just wanted to show that I, I believed I should stand out. And it was a way for me to do that. It's interesting that what we make up does not have to be based on anything that's objectively helpful right. or objectively truthful or objectively beneficial. We make up because we're emotional creatures that respond by feeling like we talked about a feeling, not a fact. And so we want to create these feelings in ourselves. Right. And so as we talked about cognitive dissonance, we want to avoid certain kinds of changes because we've mm -hmm. come to believe we're a certain way. And then with other feelings that get in there and we respond. So when you start adding all these pieces up, you kind of just become a person. And I have a question for yeah. you. Um, that's like great insight to, you know, to realize that. And like how many famous actors, comedians, whatever you, you often hear that they were the class clown or, you know, whatever, because. One of the things all humans want is to be significant. Mm -hmm. It's just we, we all have different ways of finding that significance. But what I'm curious about is at what age did you kind of realize that you're that you were sort of like, huh, I don't really want to. This is more about getting attention than it is about just rebelling or whatever. I think that took me well into my 30s, to be honest with you, when I really sat down and looked at how things were going in my life that I wasn't happy with them. I want mm -hmm. because you were still rebelling against things you didn't necessarily need to rebel against. Exactly. Do you think? Okay. Exactly. And I was finding myself put it, placing myself in situations that weren't really who I was. There was one. I don't want to get into the details, but there was one certain situation that I found myself being portrayed as someone that I'm just not. And I want. I wanted to take the time to go back from the beginning with a professional counselor and walk through it and figure out how did I get here from that little kid who was the sweetest kid in the class, who was nice to everybody, who was, was accepting and and followed the rules and got excellent grades. What, what happened between then and now? I wanted to understand what, what did I do to create this? What assumptions did I make? What, what mistakes have I made along the way? Really going in, into it in-depth look at that from someone else's perspective 
but then listening to me talk about it just to try, try to understand, get their help to understand myself. And truly, I, it just became me discovering the real person who I am. But I had someone who, with some experience and some knowledge, uh, to help me through that. So it, it was well into my 30s before I was able to, awesome. to understand that. And I, I think that comes back to kind of really reinforce where we're going with this concept of you took the time. And folks listening, if you're going to take the time, a professional makes this easier. So that's a good thing. Taking the time to find out the why. Why did, like you said, why did I make this up? Mm-hmm. Did it happen to me? It's The data shows in our experiences, okay, some things happen. It's true. Some things happen to you. Absolutely. A lot of your life is spent making your life happen, not life happening yeah. to you. Just keep that in mind. I'm not taking that away from anybody. Right. I'm not taking away from anybody that stuff happens. Right. Absolutely. But just remember, it's not always just happening to you. Right. And it doesn't have to define you. And it doesn't have to define you. You get to make those choices and you get to ask the question, why? And you get to ask the question, is that what I believe? Why do I believe that? Is that based on things that make sense? And there are a lot of things that we base our beliefs on that it's the only way we can figure to make sense, but it doesn't make sense necessary in a rational one, two, three point of view. And that's okay because it's all made up. And guess what? You get to deal with it. You get to live with it. So in my personal experience on making it up, I, I got to a point in my life where I did it my way. I was comfortable enjoying it, but I was isolated. My my world got really small. I realized, oh, wow, if I want it to be different, I'm going to have to engage in the world on some of the world's terms. I didn't like that idea, but I was the one who made up that I wasn't going to do that. And I made that up for my reasons, which those aren't those don't apply anymore. So I, I began this journey of getting out and trying new things and doing different stuff. And it just took me in a different direction. So listening, folks listening, you can take it in a different direction. You can decide the way it's going to be. And I mean like crazy level decide. Because if you're listening right now, it's like, oh, I don't know, Greg. I mean, I got to pay my bills and I got to do this and I got to go to school and I got to what? I got to, got to, got to, got to. Okay. That might be true. I don't know. So, have, oh, sorry. Have you tried it a different way? And if you've tried it a different way and you've got a consequence you didn't like, that doesn't mean you have to do it that means It just means you've got a consequence you didn't like and you're not willing to choose to do something different because you want to deal with that consequence. So kind of go back to that level and look back at the things you're choosing to do, the consequences that come from them, how do you want that to impact your life? And I kind of want to go back, and this may even be a topic for another episode, I'm not sure. Ed, in listening to you tell your story and then in working with students, it makes me think about labels and mm. how we label, you know, we label ourselves. Well, I'm the rebel or I'm the I'm the peacemaker. Or, you know, I'm the middle child. I'm, you know, however we create these labels. And then so often those become such a big part of our identity and we don't even question it. What I'm very much discovering is that you can decide now, like it starts now. Yeah, I was a rebel yesterday. I don't have to be a rebel today. I had an experience Back in college, and I went out with this guy who was, his family was rich, and he was a student at Vanderbilt, you know, just, oh, just, you know, he had it all going on, like the the type of life that I would have wanted for myself, and the type of life I want for my kids, you know, traveled to the Great Wall of China, did it, you know, all this stuff. One of the comments he made to me, he said, you know, wow, you're, you're really one of the most smartest people, or you're one of the smartest people I've ever met, or most intelligent, I think he said, you just seem to be striving for mediocrity. 
And that really shook me. And it, it took me a while to figure it out. And it's like, well, yeah, I am striving for mediocrity because I wasn't even close to mediocrity 10 years ago. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like we kind of create these labels of what and then our labels sometimes limit us. Our labels you know? sometimes limit us. Not, not sometimes. I think our labels absolutely limit us. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And so I think we need to be aware of those. And and I guess what I'm coaching myself right now, this is what I'm taking away from our conversation is just because I laid in the bed all day yesterday doesn't mean I have to lay in the bed all day every day. Right. Like I can decide right now that. I'm not a depressed person or I'm not in the middle of an existential crisis. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I can I know sort what of start saying. creating my own reality. In yeah, abs- yeah, right. And so uh, kind of just a few things on that is labels exist so we can be sane. Yes. We need to be able to understand and identify our world and understand our boundaries or we just go insane. So that's why they're useful. The flip side of that is you get to choose them. And also from what we've talked about before with the cognitive dissonance, if you're going to choose something different, get ready. It's going to feel weird. Oh, it feels right. awful. Right. It feels it's awful. It's why I stayed in bed all day yesterday. Because right. <laughs> I'm experiencing so much cognitive dissonance yes. in trying to picture a new reality for myself. Right. So, listeners, we say, like, oh, you could just make it whatever you want. Well, you can, but it's a hell of a lot of work. And you better be prepared to feel really weird if you're going to make a big change for a long time and you're not going to be good at it at first and you're going to wonder what the heck you're doing for anyway and why don't I just give it up and go all back the way it was and so on. And you know what I'm talking about. And the reason you don't give up and go back to the way it was is because it's the way it was. If you like the way it was, that's fine. I'm not telling you to change all the time. I'm just helping people understand that things can be changed and it's up to you. So, for example, we've talked about our internal things that we've got going on and how this has been internal to us. And I think we've made a good job of saying we've visualized something, we've examined where we came from, we made different choices and a new vision to get to where we're going to go, and that it's a process and it takes a certain skill set to develop. You're going to feel a way. Okay, knowing that, we're going to come back to that in a second because outside of us, for example, our current president is an unusual president. uh, Seems like one we've had in our culture in recent years. Well, how did that happen? People said that that person would not be elected because of this, that, and the other. But clearly, clearly, other people decided that that wasn't true and that he would be elected. I'm being really general to get to the point of just because certain people who seem to be experts or have access to the knowledge or say it's going to be a way, you and millions of other people can make a different decision and act in a different way to make something else happen. Whether it's a president, whether it's city council, whether it's politics, whether it's business, whether it's relationships, whether it's education, doesn't matter their arena. Somebody had to have a vision somewhere of that kind of success. Somebody had to have it. It wasn't accidental. So keep in mind, folks listening, that it starts with you. You can make a huge, significant change in the world. It can happen. By doing or not doing something. Good point. Because I think that, I mean, again, we, we well, we did religion, so let's talk politics for just a second. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, why not? Because I think that's a lot of what happened is there's no way, you know, from my perspective, you know, there's no way Donald Trump is going to become president. You know, he's been a laughing stock, you know, like the subject for or the fodder for tons of comedy routines and, you know, for his, most of his career, but enough people decided, well, no, yeah, he could actually be the president. 
and it happened. And it kind of goes back to the authority thing that we talked about and just, you know, and I don't know your political views, but I'm saying I assume that for someone to be president of the United States, they should have to be competent. But apparently that's not like people would say, well, he's a competent businessman. Well, I don't even agree with that as a fact, because I think he was just someone who came from a place of privilege. And anyway, I'm not even going to go off on mm-hmm. all of that. But do you understand what I'm saying? Like I know exactly what you're saying. So it's it's not just by. But now that's the reality we all have to deal with. You know, part of my recreating my life right now is my whole life. I've been a mother and a teacher. Those are that's been my identity. And because of a lot of the political changes in our country, I'm no longer a teacher. And because children grow up, I'm still a mom, but my kids are older now. I have to create my own identity now separate from that. But I'm still living in the reality where Donald Trump is president Mm -hmm. and our educational system is flawed. You got it. So and those are good bookends of religion and politics, because those are human constructs built to manage human interaction. Somebody to decide that that. So somebody's got to do it. And there are shortcuts. There are hierarchies and cultural things. And the rich get richer and the poor get poor because we buy into these concepts and we let it happen. We let it happen. And it's a fair point to say if I'm poor and you're rich, I'm at a disadvantage. It's true. I'm not taking that away from anybody. What I am offering, though, is if a change is going to be made, somebody has to think of it. Somebody has to believe in it. And somebody has to continue along persistent effort towards a goal with a strong vision and emotion. Because also what happens is, so Donald Trump is president, but there are some people who say he's not my president. And as a matter of fact, in a legal standpoint, Donald Trump is still president. But from their belief standpoint, the reality they're creating for themselves is he's not my president. So think about this, folks. Think about what your brain and your mind are doing in order to create your reality. They'll take something that You'll see it with your own two eyes, and you're going to choose a different interpretation because you can't bear the thought that that's what it's going to be. So now couple that with taking action because it's all made up. You get to choose. You get to choose. You get to choose. And the choices you make impact other people. Positively, negatively, usefully, not usefully, hurtful, not hurtful. They have impact. You're a powerful person. As a person, you are powerful. It's just having the willingness to be responsible for making it up. That's a separate concept. Right. That's hard work, being responsible. Now, I've been watching Dr. Jordan B. Peterson on the YouTube there. On the YouTube there. On the interwebs? On the interwebs, which you're uh, you're using that there interwebs to be listening to us. (laughs) So you can use it to be finding out more about him. But in his research... In his research, he finds that there's a correlation between like growing up and taking on responsibility. That's kind of like the idea of what a grown-up is, an adult, somebody who takes on responsibility. Somebody who's fulfilled is somebody who takes on responsibility. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing to kind of with the made up. So that's that's the, the cost. That's the price is responsibility. Here's something else to kind of connect with that is conscientiousness goes along with responsibility. People who are conscientious tend to take responsibility. So the reason why people who run religion, the people who run politics, the reason they do that is because they're the conscientious ones willing to take on the responsibility. They might not be good at it, but they're conscientious. And somebody who's good at it doesn't want it responsibility. will let them do it. So these are these are the the ninja moments, I say, ninja tactics in life of what do you want to be responsible for? If not you, then whom? It's all made up, folks. 
like we talked about in previous episodes, going back to the cognitive dissonance of getting your weird on. Change is good. Change is easy, but it comes with a feeling. You can make up the reality. You can choose. comes with responsibility. If you're not used to responsibility, responsibility might be uncomfortable. What happens if you get comfortable with being uncomfortable? Well, allegedly, that's when. Right. That's when you're really. That that's the ninja move right there. That's the ninja move. That's what move. I'm working toward right now. Is yeah. Learning how to be comfortable with the discomfort of growth. I got to the point where I wanted to in this episode. So, just what else do y'all have to offer? I was just say this just reminds me of a something I've heard in the past where you ask ten different people what they think the world is, and you're going to get ten different responses. I'm sure we've all heard the phrase, you make up your own reality. That That's just the basics. If you want your reality to change, you have to make the decision to change how you see things. Now, obviously, there are some absolutes, but a lot of things I think people consider as absolutes aren't truly absolutes. They're just the way they've been taught to view things. And there may be room to, to look at it in a different way. You have to decide that those things for yourself. I have to share at this point the, the parable. Do you know the parable of the blind man and the elephant? I used to teach this in class um, about the, the danger of a single story is how it started. You know, that you have to listen to everybody. Everybody wants to share their story. There's a reason human beings are storytellers. There's a reason why podcasts of people sitting around having a conversation are becoming popular because people want to share their story. People want to hear other people's story, et cetera, et cetera. All right. So that leads into the parable of the elephant. And I'll kind of cut it short, but it's basically there are these blind men and they want to know what an elephant is. And so, you know, someone takes them there and one man touches the side of the elephant. He's like, I know exactly what an elephant is. It's just like a wall. And someone goes, no, 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 no. I know exactly what an elephant is like. It's exactly like a tree. And he's touching the leg. And so he says, no, no, no. The elephant's exactly like a fan. Because all he can touch is the ear. And then, you know, the other one says, no, 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 it's like a snake. Because all he can touch is the trunk. And then the fifth one says, oh, no, 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 it's exactly like a broom. Because he's touching the tail, you know, the end of the tail. And the the lesson of the parable is they were all exactly right. And they were all exactly wrong. And so then I, when I posed that to my students, you know, I was like, so how can they figure out what an elephant really is? And they're like, well, they're just going to have to touch the whole elephant by the, you know, they each of them have to go around and feel the whole elephant. I'm like, no, they can't do that. They cannot, you know, it's too dangerous. They have to communicate with each other. I was like, well, that's a start. But before you can do that, you have to accept that somebody else's reality is truly their reality and that my reality is truly my reality so that the elephant can be exactly like a snake, a tree, a wall, a broom, and a fan. How do we put that together to actually get the true picture of the elephant? So, which to me brings us full circle back to the religion thing. But anyway, I'm sorry, but I had to share that. No, it's good shit because <laughs> that kind of sums up. That sums up where we're at, really. It's all made up. In that parable, we understand that they're making up what an elephant is based, based on, on what they know. What they know, right? You're making up your reality based on what you know. It can be different. You can make up something new. You can invent some stuff out of whole cloth and see what happens. It Stuff like that happens. So, Justice, do you kind of wrap up where you are with this? So, I think one of my big takeaways is there's always a choice. There's a choice in everything. You have the choice to accept the reality that you've been given and that you're, you've been used to. You have the choice to change it. There's always that choice. And with that, you have a lot of power. I think, Greg, as you mentioned earlier, that you know everybody has a lot of power. 
uh, to change your reality, to make that difference. You also have the power for it to stay the same. So there's always that choice. And in every interaction of every day, how you react, what you do is making that reality. But there's always that choice of, of where it's going to go from there. That's a great takeaway. Yeah, I think that's a great way to sum that up, too, in the sense of, hey, we, we all are familiar with the idea of perspective and what reality is, and it's different for everybody. Every moment of every day, there's a decision, and in every single one of those decisions creates your reality. It's all made up through those series of decisions, and if you want something to be different, make a different decision. So, everybody, I think this is a longer episode, which is great. I think we covered some pretty intense stuff for some folks out there. I think we did a good job of bringing what we've been talking about together. And I hope, listeners, you're encouraged to really rethink this, think this reality thing. Think it's all made up. Think about the power you have in your choices. I know that there are historically and culturally people who have been disenfranchised or minimized or isolated. I get it. I get it. As long as you have an opportunity to interact with another human being, you have the opportunity to start doing something different and to create a new reality. It's up to you. So until next time. Keep showing up. Thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you're able to get something from this episode that you can implement right away. We'd love to hear from you. Check out the show notes for our contact info. Have a great week and keep showing up.